the new Paris. I'm your host, Lindsay Tremuda. Mastering a language is a lifelong endeavor, one that can be complicated by the very fluidity and ever-evolving nature of language itself. Slang and idiomatic expressions change with each generation, but require an education all the same. Understanding conversational and street French, for example, is a way into understanding who the French are today and their relationship to one another. Also, it's quite fun. Divya Bala, an Australian fashion journalist, started Paris Phrase, or Paris Phrase in English, an account on Instagram as a way of documenting the expression she hears and learns from friends, both in personal and professional contexts, and is really quite clever. She joins me to talk about the project and how amusing the experience has been thus far. Hello there, Divya. Well, hello there, Lindsay. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm at home where I presume you are, as usual. Yes, yes. Avoiding the cold and the and the virus. And the- <laughs> <laughs> Which is the old, our only objectives at this point, right? Um, right. <laughs> feels, it feels like a, a very long time since you and I met at, um, at Apollonia Poilan's gorgeous space yes. for lunch. Yeah. I don't even know what month or year that was now at this point. You know what? I don't either. I mean, it's all melding into just one big old, I don't know what it is. It's uh, it, it's starting to not make very much sense anymore, is it? No, it, it is not. But I am glad that we met that day because I discovered, you know, a bit more about your your work, which you're going to tell us about and, you know, and how many friends we have in common and, you know, just Paris village kind of realizations um, as the city is literally you know a tiny village i think i hear chickens outside right now in fact i'm not i'm not lying um (laughs) i don't know or else it was a very strange uh barking dog but it sounds like a chicken anyway let's go with dog anyway who knows anything is possible in pandemic paris um so so tell me about you you uh came to Paris from Sydney, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yes, exactly. So so what what drew you here? So, I mean, I I don't want to be that kind of a hopeless romantic that that just says it was a feeling, but it was a feeling. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) like, I literally, I, I used to live in London for a couple of years and, I would come to Paris and, you know, it was not, I mean, God damn it, Paris is beautiful, but I never had that thing where I thought I had to come back or spend any, any real amount of time here. And then I ended up coming over for my 30th birthday and to do some Paris Fashion Week stuff and, uh, and just got this, this déclic, like just this feeling that was like, Oh wow! Like I, I want to see around every corner. I want to walk down every passage. Like I want to know this place. And then that was it. That was it. And so I came back a year later and didn't know anyone. Didn't have any work lined up. But it just, it just felt oh. like the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and were you, were you already working as a fashion writer? I was. Yeah. So I, I had moved to London actually to in the hopes of kind of working in fashion styling, which is what I was interested Ah. in. And I, yeah. And I had this internship lined up with British Vogue and I basically just 
relentlessly. <laughs> Once I was in there, I was just relentless about staying. And I ended up working with Joe Ellison, who's now the editor of How to Spend It at the Financial Times, and yeah. uh, was working on the features desk over there for a, a year and a, and a bit. So I had actually never written before that time either. And, you know, with her, working with her and the team, I started writing I had. I think the first thing I wrote was published at British Vogue, actually, under Joe. So that kind of spurred this this absolute love of my life, which is fashion and and features writing. So, wow! And yeah. you've been able to continue that while you've been in Paris. Obviously, you, as you said, you you go to in a normal year you go to shows in person. Um, yeah. Discover designers. Um, what does that look like for you now? So it's been really interesting. I mean, yeah, yes, I've had, I've been very lucky to to attend shows for a few seasons, and um, actually, right before the pandemic, I had my my first front row at Chanel show, which was the last one before the pandemic. I just slid right in there, um, <laughs> and so as you do. Like, as you do. And I was like, I've made it. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, I'm never going to have this opportunity again. So (laughs) I mean, who knows? I mean, now technically, you know, we're all sitting front row with the, with the video links and stuff. And that's, that's kind of nice. I got to say, there's a, there's a bit of a democratization of the shows that's happening uh, with the pandemic. That's not a bad side effect. But I mean, these days, I mean, for example, usually, you know, if there's a show every hour on the hour, and you're kind of ricocheting back and forth across town, and then you're kind of writing stories in the back of a taxi and staying up late and working, it's, it's, it's not glamorous, but it's, uh, it's pretty high octane. So watching everything kind of online is, is uh, a nice change of pace, I guess. Certainly an equalizer. Uh, you can be a blogger, a journalist, or you know, a buyer, and all be in the same pajama set at home. I mean, frankly, it- <laughs> and Lindsay, it is a pajama set, and sometimes they don't need a matching, you know. So, <laughs> but I will say, yeah, all of all of the people I know who write about fashion and who have to cover um, fashion during those particularly high stress weeks talk about just the absolute madness of turnaround times and, you know, getting it, getting copy in within minutes. Well, it seems like minutes, you know, after the show. And it just seems so not for my personality, <laughs> the, the stress of it all. So I'm, I'm always amazed that you're able to do that. Well, you know, I'm exactly the same as you. It's definitely not how I would uh, elect to work but you know what there's something about the energy that kind of just gets going and I know it, it might sound strange but there's something about the music you know just being on so loud and seeing these things up close seeing all the details and kind of this narrative coming out in front of you in the form of clothing but um that's mm-hmm. really inspiring so the so the words come pretty quickly and easy at least I find sometimes it happens that way so well, it sounds like then you're in the right you're in the right job if the words are coming easily. That's important. Um, I hope so. But you're also you're also doing a few other things. Um, and so, what I wanted to really talk to you today about is Paris Phrase, which is such a hit. And it's, I mean, honestly, when I saw when I saw you push 
push that project live on Instagram. I, I just thought it was so smart. Um, and, and, you know, there, there are a lot of, um, there are a couple of other accounts that like to bring French phrases into people's everyday, but they tend to be, you know, your, your run of the mill, uh, mm-hmm. proper phrases. And here we've got something that's so, but so this is so particular to the way we really speak, you know, and, and the words that enter colloquial French and, and, and street French. So what sparked this and what kind of feedback have you get been getting? Well, firstly, thank you so much. And it must be said that, you know, you were the very first supporter, you know, that, that really came in and, and gave the tick of approval to the, to the account. So I really appreciate that, Lindsay. So thank you. Oh, no, it's so smart. So smart. <laughs> Um, well, so I guess what sparked is, I mean, I moved to France almost four years ago with high school level French. Um, and, you know, once you get over the initial struggle of kind of just communicating, I don't know, I, I remember being with a French friend of mine and she said, it's so funny, whenever you speak French, your entire personality changes. So your body language to everything. And I realized that whenever I would speak French, I was this infantilized almost kind of insecure teen version of myself that, uh, you know, was just constantly aware of, am I saying the right thing? Am I expressing myself the way that I want to express myself? And, you know, words is, I'm a writer by trade as well, so not being able to play with words was was kind of a a problem. Um, So it was about kind of finding a way around that. Um, So I always kept a list of these phrases that I'd hear uh, around. Uh, I sometimes work with this really great creative agency, AKQA, and it's mostly, you know, 20 to 20s and 30s expats and Frenchies kind of constantly just speaking Franglais together. And uh, I don't know, just the, the language exchange and the kind of the phrases that were coming out um, from there and everywhere around Paris everyday life was absolutely not what I was taught in high school (laughs) I think oh no oh no yeah so so yeah sorry no no go ahead go ahead continue no so it was just literally I had this this list that I would keep in my notes application of of phrases and at some point it was around like 200 phrases and it's just like what yeah what do I do with this kind of thing well, you've you've given a gift to the internet, is what you decided to do with it. Um, so, I have a couple of them. <laughs> exactly. So, if I go back, I'm trying to go back to the uh, very first one you you posted. Yeah. At this point, there's so many. Ah, here it is. Wet. Can I just check? Do you get the you get the whole thing that it's like paraphrase, like paraphrase, right? Like paraphrase. Of course. Par- yeah. Of course. Okay. Cool. I mean, I don't know that maybe the the French uh, who follow you get that part, but that's not the, you know, clearly your your audience is. Well, that's the funny thing. It's like I've been blown away by how many French people are following me and interactive and like really enjoying it. I I really didn't expect that. Uh, Lots of French. I think what's amusing is when they see – um, or that you know they're in interactions with um, non-French natives who correctly incorporate this kind of you know speak into conversation or into their you know into their their 
being or their personalities. And, and then it, it, it creates sort of like a, oh, wow, you've really mastered this, you know? And I feel like that they find it perhaps amusing to see the expressions that like we think are important to share with the English speaking world. (laughs) I'm sorry, you, so, you were saying about Wesh, and I cut you off as well. So. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm just, I'm going back literally to the first post, which was Wesh. And uh, you, you're, so what you do is you incorporate a sort of um, a primary definition. And in this case, it's what up. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then underneath, you have three other, I guess, alternative or secondary related definitions. Terms. Yeah, related terms. So like, yo, hey, what's good? What's amusing about Wesh, though, is that when I first moved here, that was just sort of emerging. And, mm. you know, you hear like the sort of older, I don't know, late 20s, uh, French people would 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 joke that that's like you know really young talk like wish mm-hmm. wish. Uh, today I think that's it must be a much different word that is you know considered super super young. But you know you have you have simple things like dac for okay where you shorten d'accord. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, then you have one of my favorites which is JPP j'en peux plus I can't even. <laughs> she pepe yeah but you know that one's more um have you heard that one because i usually just see it written listen to be honest i mean i i i've seen it written a lot and i've heard it said but i've heard it said by um like (laughs) like this is gonna sound so wanky but like prs for champagne companies like so it's um (laughs) I don't know if it's that's the milieu of people who are going to say it out loud, but um, I have heard it said. <laughs> but I just love it because it's 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 like I, I want to say there were a couple of of cultural writers who I saw would put that they would they would put that on their stories when there was like a news story that was just like you know enough is enough. Uh, but I thought that one was funny. But so what you're doing is you're also accepting contributions from different people so mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember i think i sent to you shulu yes which means, i'm trying to think oh here it is which means like you know it's super weird and shady mm-hmm. um and and that one is verlon um mm-hmm. which anybody listening would know that that's um essentially uh how to, slang that's then spelled backwards exactly so if like, you, i mean or not even just slang yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a it's it's almost. I mean, this this is going to sound a bit reductive, but it's almost like pig Latin, just in terms of how it's formed. It's like the mm-hmm. verlan is l'inverse, so it's just taking the you know two parts of a, a word and flipping it around, shortening it. I mean, there's right. a there's a whole mess of different rules um, that come through with those, but that yeah, that's essentially what verlan is. Uh, and so yeah. the feedback has been good. Um, what uh, you started to talk about your own, you know, sort of like how you arrived with high school level French. What do you think has been um, up to this point the hardest element to master besides just slang? But you know, like what mm-hmm. aspect? I, I know certain things trip people up more than others. Um, so I'm just curious what you have found to be the, uh, you know, the the biggest challenge. Mm. 
Well, I think the first thing was, God, I remember even though I'd studied the language, uh, you know, in high school for a few years, just having the confidence to order a coffee or, I mean, let's be honest, just just stand your ground with the Parisian waiters and, and just kind <laughs> of push through with whatever you're saying, even when they start speaking English back to you. And that does stop at a point. Um, mm-hmm. But so the first thing, the first uh, ele- like element to master was was just communicating and then kind of what I was saying before is the next step was communicating with my personality or you know kind of being able to have uh, banter or yeah you know inject your own wordplay or whatever it is um, into a conversation that's that's been the the ongoing kind of journey which I'm still on um, which is why Paris Phrase is like a real, it's a living document kind of thing. It's something that I really love having people to contribute to and I love when people, you know, give me additional information about something that I've posted or, you know, if someone d- disagrees, I take that on board and it's it's all a learning process, right? So what are some of your favourites? Because, I mean, I have... I'm like giggling as I'm scrolling at the moment, but uh, you you tell me what your favorites are. Okay. Um, firstly, let me prefix this with I'm aware that I'm like a 34-year-old woman possibly trying to hang on to my youth with a lot of these like, <laughs> <laughs> like younger term <laughs> slang. So I, you know, let, let, me, let me be clear in saying I tend to use a lot of these kind of more for com- comic effect. Um, and also, honestly, to just decipher what people are saying around me. Um, but some of my favorites, there, there's one really recently, um, un coup de put, un coup de put, mm. sorry, which is a dick move. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, which is, I, you know, I think an important one in this day and age. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then uh, ton fait des casses is, uh, you're being so extra. Like you're, you're yeah. kind of being a drama queen. And then, you know, what's a really, what's one that, that did really well was Mexpique, which was to man, to mansplain. Mansplain. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. But also because it's a relatively new term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, or, or at least just the, you know, t- that we're seeing it in the media and seeing it, you know, kind of regularly is, is relatively recent. Um, but, you know, things I'm, lo- I'm looking right now and, uh, you know, even just things like tombale pas, don't get carried away uh, mm-hmm. or don't get too excited. That's something that you hear a lot, actually. So it's not like some of these some of these expressions are really um, used heavily. Right, right. And I mean, honestly, it's a it's a mix of slang and idioms and sayings. I mean, uh, slice of pie did a really really great one that was "emon uh, c'est du poulet," which basically means "what is my is my ass made of chicken," which is basically <laughs> like, are, "Are you shitting me with this?" Like, and uh, I, I don't know. There's just these. It, it's just all different types of like. Uh, phrases and wordplays and idioms so it's it's kind of open open uh slather for just what you might hear on this uh, around the around the place so do you do you have like an endless supply of these i mean you mentioned having like 200 in your notes uh Mm -hmm. or will you have to start adjusting to you know 
true millennial slang that may be new to even some of us, you know, fluent colloquialists. <laughs> well, you know, as you said, there's there's older slang uh, still being used, even even if it's in jest. Like there's a a guy that I worked with that told me I simply can't use a sagaz because apparently that's just so uncool to say, but that's what people do. So, you know, (laughs) but then there's also, you know, the newer Gen Z slang, which is, you know, has a lot more English influence, a lot more sort of Honglais, which you see on the the kind of of meme accounts. Um, So it's really, honestly, the the brief is just, if you hear it in Paris or if you hear it in, you know, around the, around the street or on the internet, it's, uh, it's, it's, possibly going to turn up on paraphrase so yeah but I I mean the thing is sorry go ahead go ahead no no go ahead I was just gonna say well the, the the thing is about language you know it's a living thing so you know the Oxford Dictionary publishes updates like four times a year so there's always there's always new words coming in the vernacular and Going out of uh, going out of trend as well, so I'm sure there will always be a parry, a new parry phrase. Um, what's also funny is you have um, Seb Amina, who's a, a great writer, um, contributed Victor, which, according to this, is like code word for mouse in Parisian restaurant speak or among waiters, and I didn't know that uh, Victor Victor dans la cuisine. You know, I mean, and that's wild to me. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know that either, but you better, I'm going to be listening out for that the second the bars and the restaurants open up. Um, Oh, for sure. I mean, you've really just given us a big uh, warning, essentially. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's a very, it's a very helpful red flag. Yeah, I sort of, that, you know, that's, that's definitely one I've committed to memory. (laughs) Um, but that's, I mean, that's been the other thing. Like people like you and Seb, uh, you know, have been really generous with the uh, with the phrases that they've been submitting. And for example, Thibault from Ibdou Mania, he um, mm-hmm. he was kind of explaining to me a little bit more about how, you know, French is a very gendered language, and how there is, you know, an evolution happening for it to be more exclusive, um, and you know. Inclusive. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, that's what I meant, inclusive. Um, Totally fine. (laughs) Definitely more inclusive. The French at the the Académie Française, I think, would prefer it remain exclusive. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I think maybe that was my Freudian slip there. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but basically it's it's that thing that you know French students are taught that the masculine dominates over the feminine so you know if we're hanging out in a group or if there's a few of us girls hanging out and one guy hangs out with us we go from being being described as a group of women to a group of men technically you know we're described in the masculine and so mm. this obviously isn't very much in keeping with the time so there are new grammatical tools that are getting introduced, like using a median period at the end of masculine nouns and then following them by the feminine ending, using more, you know, uh, inclusive pronouns and things like that. This is something that I really want to educate myself on more so and, and definitely incorporate into the Paris account because I think that's just as important as, you know, slang and, and whatnot. For sure. I mean, it certainly uh, highlights the evolution in language, as as you said. Um, and and we're seeing it, you know, 
certain, uh, depending on who you follow and whose work you're reading, even, even if it's on social media, you'll see it incorporated, you know, so a lot of the feminist accounts, for example, incorporate that kind of, um, inclusive spelling. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've seen it in some newspaper and magazine articles. Um, but I think, you know, some of the old guard papers are reluctant to make a Mm -hmm. big shift. Yeah, I think it's quite it's it's quite the political issue. I think there's there's a lot of uh, pushback, uh, as as you mentioned, but uh, hopefully that changes. So you know, I know obviously our own personal language journeys are ever evolving. So aside from Paris, what other resources do you personally use um, to keep improving your French? I mean, are there certain books you've really enjoyed or films that you think? you know, do a good job of broadening language understanding? Mm-hmm. Well, so honestly, the, the main thing that I do is whenever I'm watching something, I have my French subtitles turned on all the time, whether it's mm-hmm. Netflix, whatever it is. I know that's such a small thing, but, you know, I defy anyone. Turn on the Chappelle show on Netflix, which is now sc- streaming, by the way, and put on French subtitles. I'm telling you, you're going to learn, like, so many different I don't know, so much new vocabulary that you wouldn't have known before. So that's that's genuinely where I, where I get a lot of uh, my paraphrase from. Um, I did sign up for courses at the Mairie. I think that's a really accessible, like, kind of financially entry point into continuing your French studies. I did two, and then we went into confinement, so it wasn't really uh, something that I continued. Um and then also, honestly, in terms of kind of finding slang and the way kind of young people are talking and writing on digital platforms, I mean, you can't go past meme accounts like Couture Fou and Yognat and all of those kind of things. I mean, there's a dearth of, of these kind of accounts that are just sometimes they're accurate, sometimes they're just having fun, but they're definitely, you'll definitely have a laugh reading them. Mm. It's funny, I, I'm, I've started a similar journey for Italian because I, that was sort of my COVID lockdown experiment was like, can I teach myself Italian for the like third time I was trying again. Um, <laughs> and, and it did help to the point where by the end of the first lockdown, like I, my comprehension was a lot better. I mean, I still could barely like open my mouth to speak, but um mm-hmm. Now I found all these accounts, um, you know, illustrators who have fun, like not cartoons, but sort of illustrated posts um, almost every day with expressions. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way to force yourself to bring in that language and that exposure without having to do it in a very academic setting, you know? Um, And I think that's one way Instagram has been actually quite good. um, If you're trying to learn a language is you can really find a plethora of, of, of conversations and, and, and visual cues uh, to help. Mm -hmm. So I, I I think you're absolutely right is even the meme accounts. I mean, even if it seems silly, it really can help. (laughs) Well, it just contextualizes (laughs) it. It just makes it breathe a little bit like it would in real life, as opposed to kind of in a textbook on a page. Well, it's certainly different from, uh, you know, if you study French in any, you know, formal capacity where you've studied French literature, it is, you are far away from, you know, a a very sophisticated literary French, which I might add was sort of how I spoke when I first arrived. (laughs) Really? Quite sophisticated. Yeah. 
Well, well, you know, just elevated, like elevated in a way that it's like either you are obnoxious or Mm -hmm. you are a student (laughs) who has studied literature and doesn't actually know how to talk to people. And so that was the beginning for me was like meeting people and and using turns of phrases that were far too formal. Right, 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 right. I've heard of this from a few friends actually, whose whose level of academic French was so high that they... uh, that they almost couldn't relate. But, hey, you know, I've got a great, uh, got a great Instagram account for, for that if you need to. Oh, yeah? Your, what is it? Uh, bring your, uh, your level of French down uh, into a bit more sense of vulgarity. It's called Parry French. Yes, yes, that's true. You've, you, you're, you're, you're certainly solving that, that serious pain point uh, for, <laughs> for individuals like me. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that French is um, – it's obviously a beautiful language and that's yeah. certainly what drew me to it. Um, but it's also quite fun when you can play with it in this way. And, um, you know, and people, I'm sure you've, I don't know if you've watched it, but you've certainly heard of 10% or call my agent. Oh yeah. And you know, the way that they talk, I mean, that, that is what working in an office is like here, you know, not mm-hmm. maybe not if you're an engineer, but certainly many offices are, right. are very much like that. Yeah, absolutely. And emotional and heated and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a a heated, uh, a a kind of a heated encounter and not not necessarily been able to understand everything because they've been throwing some slang at you? Not so much slang, uh, but there was an incident actually over the summer uh, where this guy, I was with a friend uh, and her dog and he was, uh, on his moto and he was speaking on a pedestrian area of course and so we were we were se- seated outside at this cafe and uh he turns the corner and starts driving by and then the dog barks at the at the moto and lunges forward and the guy Ooh. stops his bike off his bike and starts accusing us of of having a dog that bit him which was oh, factually incorrect um and so it wasn't so much um that he wasn't being clear. It's that he was yelling behind a helmet and a mask. (laughs) And and that's where you realize no matter how fluent you, you become, there are circumstances like that where the emotion and the, you know, the, yeah, just the emotion of the situation will make it very difficult to react in any sort of either composed or intelligent way. And so my reaction was to get angry right back at him and throw a bunch mm-hmm. of words out. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's not necessarily what the situation called for. So I, that's what I find always so destabilizing still is, you know, being mm-hmm. in a circumstance where someone throws you off and you have to, you know, you have to hope that your instincts, your language instincts will, will be, helpful in that situation yeah actually that's you know what in coming back to your previous question I think that's definitely one of the hardest elements to master of another of another language whether it's French or whatever it is it's uh when you when you do have those heightened emotions or you feel that you're in a in a situation where you might have been mistreated it's really difficult to kind of call upon you know, to articulate yourself the way that you want. So, I mean, listen, even if you did yell at this motor guy, he probably deserved it. And I bet you just, you did perfectly. So he did, but I I will say that it only agitated him further. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, you know, it's like, but I, this is sort of after, after all this time here, I find that, you know, there's something a little bit exciting about being in a city and getting into a disagreement. I know that sounds terrible, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was also like, you know, we had been locked up for three months and there was probably a lot of, you know, pent up emotion that came out in that particular moment. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Other times it just happens at the post office, which also not a place you want it to happen. <laughs> oh God, that's the worst. It is. But you know, maybe you'll be able to glean some other types of expressions from spending time in line at the post office or the pharmacy, or, you know, maybe there's going to be some vaccine lingo you can incorporate. Um, okay. But all either way, Paris Phrase is brilliant and entertaining yeah. and educational. And thank you for creating it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, enjoying it. So if if anybody wants to check out Paris Phrase, you can go to Instagram. And uh, and if you don't have Instagram, you could still, I think, view it just from the web. And mm-hmm. it is simply Paris Phrase, uh, Paris Phrase altogether. Uh, and I will link that in the show notes. And um, and and Divya, are you taking other contributions from from internet folks i am indeed the uh my dms are open so please feel free to uh to to send through any any kind of suggestions that you might have anything that inspires you well there you have it divya thank you so much thank you Lindsay. what a pleasure that's the show for today as always thank you for listening subscribing and sharing with friends You can find all previous episodes of the New Paris podcast wherever you stream your podcasts and on World Radio Paris. If you're enjoying these conversations, please consider picking up a copy of the New Paris book or my recent release, The New Parisienne, from your local booksellers. Until next time, à bientôt.